and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I am Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what you can learn about pricing from win-loss and how the answers you might find may be vastly different than they appear on the surface. And to help me do this is Spencer Dent, founder of Closed, win-loss services and technology firm that has performed and reviewed thousands of win-loss reports and analysis and has just some great insights in this area. Welcome, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Super excited to do this. One, I, I, as I was telling you, this is like one of my favorite topics because it's always the easiest topic to blame a loss on and never the reason why you win. We always win because... <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that's it, right? Everybody's like, oh, you know, it's very common that the reason we lost is because our pricing is too high. And, and you know, that that is frequently the, the, the item checked in your CRM from your salesperson, right? But that that is just like a surface answer. And there's so much to kind of unpack and uncover in that area. And I know you've got kind of lots of thoughts about what that is. But first, just from a context setting perspective, tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself and Closed. Yeah, so uh, Closed, we founded Closed. It's almost been five years we've been doing this. We work with over 100, probably close to 200 now, different B2B companies that, and what we do is we help them figure out why they win and lose deals. So we help, our what we provide is a platform that plugs into your CRM. We can automatically trigger win-loss surveys or win-loss interview invitations that we then go conduct on your behalf. We synthesize all that feedback back together, deliver it back to your organization. So in doing this, you know, I personally have done thousands of win-loss interviews myself for across our clients. And uh, yeah, it's been great. We're growing, growing a ton. We're finding that this is a, this is like the next frontier for B2B companies, just like NPS became a really important metric for companies in the B2C space over the last 10 years. When understanding your win rates and why they are trending, how they're trending and why you win and lose is becoming more and more prevalent across B2B organizations. And we're here to help companies solve that. I, my background prior to this, prior to closed is I worked at a feedback company called Qualtrics. And prior to that, I worked at Bain & Company. So I work a lot on the delivery side of our business, helping our clients get the insights they need through our platform and through our interviewing process. So Super excited to talk about this because it's it's one of it's one of my favorite topics. Yeah, and what like win loss is one of my favorite topics, and we you and I know we've talked about this a lot, right? It is one of the most important things I think that we teach about is win loss and what it can uncover about your organization that you don't understand in both of those perspectives. And I think it's still an area where I know you've seen growth and we've seen more people do it, but there's still so much opportunity for people to do it. And part of that power is what we're going to talk about, like getting, you know, peeling that onion and getting to that next layer of what does it really mean when someone says we lost because of price? Yes. Right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk what, when they say they lost my price, obviously that's true. hundred percent true. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Well, the first thing that, that you need to, that you need to peel the onion on there is ask yourself the question of who's answering that, that question, mm. right? If a sales rep is saying it's price, you know, Let's assume that the sales rep is, you know, being honest. That's what they've heard from the customer. Okay. Well, then let's assume that the customer was also honest and said that it's price. You still can't do anything with that generic 
vanilla statement of we lost on price. Like, what does that actually mean? You know, conversely, you rarely hear somebody say we won because of price, right? They say we won because we proved more value. Mm -hmm. We won because they were more confident in our product that we won because of, because of the incredible demo that we provided. So, you know, when you hear the term, we lost on price, A, never take that as like a good enough answer. You have to peel the onion and B, always remember and consider the source of that information, right? It's a really easy out for me as a sales rep to blame price because I couldn't do anything about it. I think it's also a really easy out as a customer to bring price. 100%. It's very non-emotional. It's non-judgmental. Everyone accepts it. People rarely push on it. And it just, it feels like, oh, what could I do? It was too expensive, totally. right? Totally. So, and, and this is an interesting thing that we find in our business is if you and I were having a conversation about this and I was asking you, like, tell me why you decided to go with another vendor. And you might say price, but sometimes you haven't even, as the buyer, you haven't actually mm -hmm. put it into your head and processed it. So as I'm asking you questions about why you did what you did, you say, well, there was a pricing component. But then as I ask you about it, what it, was it about pricing? New things surface that are related or adjacent to pricing that you actually can do something about. So, so that's, that's important is, is you know, even the, it's, it's a lazy answer. And so you have to, you know, do some work to uncover the real answer of what it is and why they did what they did. If price is the reason they lost price, oftentimes, depending upon certain components of it, the right detailed level of answer can also be the reason you win, but mm -hmm. everything has a price. So <laughs> saying it was price doesn't really help you. And one of the things that you talk about, which I think is, is really important, right? Is, is the price right for this person, this persona, this need, right? Yes. A price is not universal. There are things that you would spend money on that I would not. Uh, beard wax, for those of us, you guys can't see it, but it might be a thing for, for Spencer, but right? Yep. But, yep. right? So there is a market product and price connection that I think you guys uncover quite a bit. Yeah, totally. Like, So one of the first things I would say is when you think of price, you have to think of how much value, what am I getting for this, right? What did the buyer actually think they were getting for it? And the way, and, and that can be nebulous sometimes in B2B transactions because what I'm getting for this is oftentimes referred to as like, what is my R ROI? Mm -hmm. like what, what am I going to get back? But what does that actually mean? You know, often, like, oftentimes there's hard dollars tied to it. Like, if I buy this solution, it will reduce my need to hire X number of people. And I can translate that to Y amount of dollars. And that is less than the amount of buying this solution. Therefore, I'm going to do it because I can quickly justify an ROI. Sometimes there's soft benefits that are hard to equate though too. And so sometimes we see, you talk about fit. What you're doing is you're trying to solve problem and bring the value. Sometimes, you know, if you sell value hard enough and well enough to somebody, you can see somebody say, oh, this job, this, this solution that I'm buying is actually going to make my life way easier, mm -hmm. right? It's end of the quarter. And I, let's say I'm an accountant. If I buy this solution, I don't have to spend the last three days of the quarter working 14 hours to close out the quarter. And that's good for me because then I stop missing my child's soccer games or 
you know, whatever it happens to be. So, so there's a value component there. And so you can show these things through, you know, ROI calculators, through case studies, through customer testimonials, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's what do you have to believe? To the question about fit though, fit is, you know, value is one component of fit. There's some other components, like how, how do you price it? What's it based on? Does that work for my business mm. or not? Like maybe you, I'll use a software example. Maybe you price it per user. Well, I might have 10,000 potential users in my organization, but they're only going to really use it this much. Yep. Not going to use it very much at all. That you became prohibitive to me because of the way you price. Um, whereas your competitor doesn't do it that way. And that makes it easier for me. So fit can be model. It can be how, how is it contracted? It can be how, how's, how does this grow? What are the risks inherent in me signing up with you? Not just from a dollar standpoint, but from what's going to happen to those dollars over time as our relationship matures. So, yeah, no, I can see that, right? So it's, I mean, the first question with pricing is always value, right? And what is your willingness to pay for the problems you have and how much value you would get out of it and how much value you would see. And in that way, there's a fit too, like, I may not have that problem that often. Uh, yeah. But I think it's really interesting too to think about the structure of the payments being very attractive yeah, or unattractive yeah. in different scenarios, right? We have hundreds of thousands of alumni. A lot of the sort of programs we look at for helping alumni and students are, are priced per student because they're thinking really small. And to your point, I have a lot, some will go this big. And, and Whereas for a private school, that may be exactly what they want because they can tie it directly to their tuition. And so, you know, it's sort of a cost of goods, right? A startup versus a, a, a pieces, even terms like we have to do it all at once or I can do quarterly payments that work nicely with our cash flow. I mean, all of those are components of why you may or may not like someone's quote unquote price that yeah. have nothing to do with the, with list the price. price. Yeah, the price. yeah. So, total, totally. It's like, and I, I would bucket this a lot under like, what are the terms around mm -hmm. this price? Right. So think, what are the outs? Like if what are, I, there's a risk to me signing up with this, do, is there an ejection button? Is there a safe, uh, you know, a, a safety belt that allows me to have some control? Yeah. What is the payment schedule? Am I paying month to month? Is this a huge contract that I'm writing a big check for right up at the front? Mm -hmm. like, I might even be spending less overall than if I buy, buy month to month. But if I have to buy with one big chunk up, chunk up front, that can, in my head, create some risk of, oh, man, like, is this really going to work? Do I really want to commit that much mm -hmm. up front? You know, so all of these things can play into it. What, you know, sometimes we see things like price was fine. The contract terms were fine, except for they required us to have a certain level of insurance in our business that we found unreasonable, you know? And, and so you go back and forth and figure out what, what happened there or, you know, anything around, around the terms. So, so that definitely you, you need to think about when you think about fit, who is this buyer? What are they doing? Is this the first time they're using it? If it's the first time they're using a solution like yours, you might need to be a little softer in how you think about, the price you might want to introduce a different lower level package or a pilot opportunity to introduce them into your solution so that you can kind of baby step them and through the onboarding but you definitely need to pay attention like the overarching price may not matter it could be some of these other components that fall fall into it mm -hmm. what about pricing models do you ever see that as the the kind of concern or problem 
a ton, a ton. Mm -hmm. That one, that one comes up a lot. And, and think about this yourself, right? When you've bought something like I just bought a pair of shoes on Amazon. I wonder how they came up with the price, right? Well, we're used to buying shoes. We're used to buying shirts. We're used to buying whatever. But when I'm buying something that's complex, like a B2B solution, I want to know how did you come up with this price? Like, where did it come from? What drives the price? The more you can be clear with a customer about this is how the price came up and this is why we price the way we priced, that actually helps you establish a level of trust with them, right? Like, especially if it makes sense, right? Yeah. If it's like, we price per user because X, Y, and Z. We price per user because we find that the more users that we have in this, the more it drives up our cost to host all of the different data they may be collecting, whatever it happens to be, or we charge by the amount of data we host, or we charge by, you know, right. the number of alerts or whatever it happens to be. But the more you can be clear about how you came up with that price and why you are pricing it based off of those factors. That's important because it helps them understand what are the implications for me? Like, okay, if you're pricing it based off of, you know, a certain factor that is going to change for my business over the next two years, mm -hmm. then that helps me plan and understand what my budget's going to change to. I have literally seen dozens of deals where you were the lower price solution, but you lost because they're looking at how you price and they're forecasting out and saying, two years from now, I'm going to pay twice as much for you as I'm going yeah. to pay for this other solution. And so I'd rather pay the higher price now and lock it, but not have it, you know, go on me like a wildfire. I also think that's super true. But I also think that like the model, when you're talking about model pricing, right, it's the same thing we talk about value up front, right? When I, when I, if I pay more per user, you want to tie that to the extra value they get, not just the extra cost for you, but, but that's okay because the more users you have in the system will provide you with, you know, exponentially more data or you'll have, right. So you want to add that value in, but I mean, I, I think today's like, none of us want to not understand where it came from. Yep. yep. I mean, if you think about the old Saturn days when you paid a little more for carbo, because like, they just told you the price. You didn't yep. have to haggle. You didn't have to go through. You don't wonder if you got a good deal or not. No one likes that. No, totally. Right? And especially in today's world, where a lot of these solutions, I can get the pricing. Yeah. Right? Even though like a lot of companies have their pricing on their website, but even if they don't, I can go and do some research online and jump on a forum somewhere and I can understand the actual pricing. And so that's it. it like being clear about your pricing model, why it is what it is, not being afraid to show it is important. If you can't show it, think about, you have to demonstrate a level of empathy for the buyer. What's going through their head? Like, why, why can't you show, is it because you're just making it up? Are you just making <laughs> it up, Rebecca, so that you know that, because so, you want to charge me as much as you possibly can? Because that makes me feel like you're trying to take advantage of me. And that makes my, you know, gives me that knot in my stomach. Like, I don't know if I want to get in, get, you know, in the boat with these guys. Right. So you have to be careful about that, which is kind of another component of this is like, how clear is it? Like the model can be pretty clear, but how clear are you and how you communicate it to people? Mm. Yep. That's true. It could be a clear model, but if I'm not explaining it well, and sometimes that just really means, I think one of the things when you get a new salesperson in is really helping them explain it and see it and understand it. 
because sometimes you forget, like if you've had many sales rep for a long time and they do it, you forget that for a new one, they have to not just be able to quote, they have to really be able to explain how it got there. Yep. 100%, 100%. Like there's a couple of components about this that we should talk about. One is like what you say, like you're, you're, you're talking about this. Maybe you ask a question like, have you seen situations where things are written up cleanly or you have like a very clear pricing model, but it still hasn't been communicated well because of a new rep. And I can give okay. you some example of that. Yeah. And so Spencer, I would imagine there are times where the model is clear, but the explanation of it wasn't. Maybe there was a new rep. Do you guys ever see that? Totally. totally. Well, so, so think of it this way. And you, you nailed this, right? This A good chunk of pricing. And how, pricing is the culmination of your product, your marketing, your, your entire go-to-market. And it comes down to when the rubber meets the road and you're talking to somebody about why you price the way you do. And, you know, sometimes it's a new rep and they just, they're unable to explain why mm -hmm. it is what it is. And that, and that can be confusing. So you do want to invest in like sales enablement to help them understand. Another element though, to watch out for is part of this is training them what it is, why it is, how to talk about it. The other part is training them how to negotiate. Right. So, so one of the things I wrote down in my notes to make sure we talk about here is this is a very dangerous part of pricing for companies and the pricing discussion is let's say I'm in a competitive deal and co competitor a offers, you know, my company, we put a quote out and we said, it's going to cost you $50,000 a year. Right. And my number one competitor came and offered a price of $40,000 a year. And so you and I, Re Rebecca, we've been talking. And I told you it's going to be $50,000 a year. And you were like, okay, thank you. You're sure that's the best you can do. And I was like, yeah, I mean, based off of the pricing model I've explained to you, and I've been super clear with you about all of it. Yes, that's the best we can do. Right. And then I follow back up with you a couple of days later and you say, you know, I have a, an offer that's less from your competitor. And, you know, I do the classic, like, okay, how much less? Well, let me see, let me see what my comp what my manager will let me approve. And I come back and I say, oh, we can do it for 35. So I just knocked off, right? you know, 30% on my price, literally by having that one car. Well, why didn't you just come and give me the $35,000 price mm -hmm. to start with? And so the pricing model could be great. The price could be competitive even, but if the customer feels like there's like a black box about how you make decisions about how you price, if the customer feels like you're playing games with them, there are times where they will choose your competitor because they feel like there's more trust there or they mm -hmm. feel like there's more confidence. So it's not always that the price is high. One of my favorite stories, Andrew, the other co-founder of Close, he tells a story of a deal that he was involved in one time, huge deal with a, with a big hospitality company. They went to him and they pitched five, a $500,000 contract and they were knocked out very early. And, and everybody's sitting around the room and they're thinking, it's price, it's price, it's price. Like it had to be something with our price. And they actually got on the phone and talked to the customer, did a win-loss interview. It was one of the impetuses for us deciding to do this business. And the customer came back and said, actually your price was way too low. Like the other competitors were coming in with a price of a million dollars more. So it, that the fact that you guys came in so low made us question if you were actually comparable to the others. So you had the same robustness. That's interesting too. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I'm saying a lot there, but make sure the way you communicate it is done in a thoughtful way. Make sure if you're changing a price, 
if you're going the discount route or something else, make sure there's logic and reason for why you're willing to do what you do. It's always funny to see companies, you know, everybody knows it's the end of the quarter, last day of the month, whatever it happens to be, I can turn the screws on you and get a better discount. Well, if I, if you as a company are willing to just every time drop the price by 20%, you're just training me to do that. So make sure there's a reason for why you're willing to do that. Not just, oh, I got to get my number. One of the other things that I have talked to you guys about in the past that I find really interesting when you talk about price as a reason for you, for your potentially losing, it's not just the price of your software or the cost of your software. That's not the only cost they're considering. And I think we forget that so much, right? What is the switching cost? Powerful, powerful place. Yes, very much like soft. I call those like the other elements of price, right? Like switching costs, huge costs right? Like I've trained up hundreds of users on this, or this is totally entangled into all these other business systems and processes, or I have so much going on that I can't even spend a week working on this, right? Or I'm used to this system and I like it Mm -hmm. and I've been using it for years and I don't want to switch, even though you're less expensive. Like I don't want to go through that pain. So there's definitely a switching cost component. You know, there's an implementation cost, too. Like sometimes we embed those two things together, right? Like, is there a cost that I have to go personally take on through your company to actually install the solution? And that can be a preventer, right? It's like, oh, the head-to-head licensing was the same, but the fact that I, you know, maybe the switching costs and pulling out or switching competitors isn't that big, but I do have to pay an implementation fee and that feels heavy to me. And then, you know, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it's people buy, not companies, right? And I think sometimes we lose a sense of that. Yep, very much so. But when you understand that people buy, not companies, you have to really think hard about like, what does what do each of the people, especially if I'm selling to a group of people in a company, not just an individual, what's in it for each of them? And both positively and negatively, because sometimes the cost to a certain person might be their ego, Mm. right? Like, oh, I pushed really hard to bring this other solution in three years ago. I look stupid if we now choose a different solution. I'm having a hard time with this, if that makes sense. So you're totally right. Switching costs are huge. Be, Be mindful of the switching costs of the company and the stress and effort it's going to put on the rest of the organization to whether they're switching or whether they're doing it for the first time. Like, what is it really going to take for them to do this? Because that helps you really communicate and ease fears if you can ease them. You know, if you can't ease them and maybe it's a reason why you lose, you have to learn, okay, what do we need to look out for in the future so we can sell through this or maybe not pursue this deal in the first place because we're not going to be able to win it. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked a lot of things that you, a lot of layers in this onion called pricing. Are there any that we didn't touch on (laughs) that you want to make sure we brought up? You know, I, pricing is, it's, if I step back and I look at this from like the win-loss lens, if I, he, if, if we're doing, running a program on our platform for clients and we're seeing, you know, there's a sales training issue, like the sales team doesn't listen very well and we need to train them on how to do better discovery, better, you know, messaging, or maybe there's a product issue. You have a UI UX or your integrations don't work well, or you're missing certain functionality you can go solve those things, right? It's like, that's a, 
let's go invest some resources to fix mm -hmm. that problem, train people, redo our UI, whatever it happens to be. Pricing is always nuanced. That's why, that's why you can't listen to it was price because the answer to it was price. If you take it at that level is okay, we have to lower our price. Mm -hmm. That's not the answer, right? The answer is you have to dig on it and understand what it really is underlying. And it's oftentimes a nuanced thing. Like maybe we do need to look at our pricing model, but maybe we're thinking it's the pricing model when it's really just how our reps are communicating the pricing model. So we just need to train them better. You know, or maybe we're thinking our terms are bad or our terms are preventing people, but maybe that's just because we're asking, you know, we don't give them an out. Maybe we could require pay all the payment up front, but give them a refund option or something like that. And mm -hmm. that could ease it. So when it comes to pricing relative to other challenges, you really have to kind of go, go one, two, three, four layers down to make sure you really remedy it. And, and address the solution versus, you know, our sales reps aren't very good at doing demos. Okay, let's spend six weeks training them on how to right. do better demos. And guess what? All of a sudden our sales reps are good at doing demos and we all feel good about it. This is more, oftentimes the knee-jerk reactions to pricing challenges are wrong because you don't holistically understand the, under, the underlying root cause problem. And I think uh, for some of our listeners, they are, maybe they're for any number of reasons, right? They do the win-loss themselves inside their organization, right? Obviously, I think having a third party does it is great just for many, many reasons of which we could do another podcast. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's also okay if you have to do your own. But one thing I just thought maybe, Spencer, for those who do uh, and are asking questions, what are some good follow-up questions or good phrasing that helps them peel back the onion? Very good question. Open-ended, open-ended, open-ended why why did that matter why what was your per, you know don't ask somebody like what was our price versus their price ask them how did you react when you first saw our pricing mm. right like, that, that's pricing is an emotional thing right and if i say oh it was fine like that means it met my expectations i was kind of expecting that or but if i say I had a really hard time understanding it, right? Well, and then you go open and why did you have a hard time understanding it? What was mm -hmm. difficult about it? Can you help me understand that more? And do it in the spirit of I'm trying to learn. So that will help you uncover it. So make sure you ask open-ended questions and make sure you focus on really understanding their perspective on it. Be very, very careful about ask, especially if you're doing an interview, don't ask like scale-based questions or things. It's super awkward to be like on a scale from one to five <laughs> and you go and they'll be like, I don't know, like a four or maybe a five. I don't know. And you're like, okay. And it's like, it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of their time. If you're going to do that type of stuff, just send somebody a survey. But on the more you ask and try to get under the like good questions, how did you react? What was the most important component of pricing? what were the most significant levers of value that you saw in our solution? Where did you think there was the most value? Where did you feel like maybe there wasn't as much value as you expected? Like how, how would you make, like one of my favorite questions is how did you make a case to the rest of the business for why you should spend money on this solution? Oh, wow. Great questions. Like, cause, cause that's not a, uh, it was good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, I have to actually be like, well, did I even do that? No, I didn't even have to do that. I was good. But but oftentimes that's where you, you'll hear things that you're not going to get 
from any other source. It's just going to be raw from the buyer of how they think about it. That's one of my favorite things is to hear our customers say, you know, based off of the interviews, we changed all of our messaging because we heard the way people are making decisions mm -hmm. and what drove them to make the decisions. So it, it was different from what we thought. Yeah. Awesome. Super all right, Spencer, we talked about a bunch of different things today. What are the two things you want our listeners to do differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today? Do not let the generic weak answer of price ever be acceptable in your organization. That's number one, right? That's, that is not an acceptable answer to take, okay? Number one. Number two, always, and I mentioned this, always remember that price is not a silver bullet to answer. There's not a silver bullet on pricing. So when you, if you think you have a pricing challenge, dig in and figure out exactly what it is because, and, and test it from multiple angles, because that will allow you to make sure you really make the right tweaks. Overhauling pricing, changing your pricing is a very, very difficult thing to do. And it is a one-way door. You don't want to change and change and change and change. So if you're going to do something on the pricing front, make sure you get it right. All right, Spencer, this was fantastic. Pricing and win-loss, two of my very favorite topics. Thank you for coming. Thank you, guys. Love this Love this topic that, and love that you guys are digging in on this and putting together a bunch of stuff for people because we know it's, it is challenging. So great, great always partnering with you guys. Good luck, everyone. Awesome. Thanks, Spencer. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product your company, and your career.